millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Welcome back, folks. Uh, I am your host, Ryan Hansen, and I am joined by Ryan Hayden, and we are going to be talking about the next step in building an app in our app building series. A lot of these answers are specific to how we do it at Build Online. Uh, I'm really proud of our process, but one thing that happens is once I get past the initial design phase, which is what we talked about last, it goes into kind of a black hole of the actual development so, Ryan, uh, we're going to talk about the 10 top questions uh, clients ask about development. You ready? Yeah, I, I am. Uh, let's dive right in. So, again, this is where it gets handed off from the design phase into software development. So, let's get uh, to the first question, and that is... What do you use to build the software? So do you use WordPress, open source frameworks, et cetera? What is a framework? Um, yeah. So <laughs> we, we have dealt with people before, clients before that came to us and they went to another agency and that agency built their entire app on top of WordPress. Mm -hmm. This is actually a pretty common thing that we've heard. Stupid. It's just a <laughs> dumb, dumb thing to do. Okay. WordPress is a blogging platform, a blogging platform with like a 15 year old code base. Um, <laughs> it was never intended to run apps. Uh, I know of apps that are running on it and it's always a mistake. It's uh, always a mistake. Tell me how you really um, feel. So about we it. don't, yeah, no, that's how I really feel about it. Another really dumb thing is to try to build it from scratch. So some people have this idea like, okay, we're just going to open up a blank text editor and just start writing uh, Ruby code or Python code or PHP code and just start and make everything from scratch. Mm. That is really, really, really dumb. And why, I know... Why is that dumb? Uh, well, because um, there are these open source frameworks that have existed and are solid and they're secure. Um, and they there are thousands of developers working on these frameworks uh, to do things right, you know? And so they've, they've come up with the right way to do things, like the right way to keep your web app secure, the right way to set up authentication, the right way to communicate with the database. And when you do it from scratch, you have to basically redo all of that work. Uh. But, you know, if you're doing it for a client, you have to do it on the, you got to pay develop. It's, it's development work. Right. And then you're going to come to a different answer invariably than everybody else. That may so anybody that you hire, 
is going to be more expensive because they're going to have to figure out what you did instead of set standards. It's like building a house and you hire somebody and they decide that instead of 16 inches on center for all the studs, they're going to put the, you know, 11 and a half inches on center <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Like, there's frameworks. There's, there's agreed upon standards for a reason. Okay. And so one of the ways that we're able to do things fast is because we, we use some of these really secure open source frameworks. We use one called Laravel uh, that's based on PHP. Got it. So why do you use PHP? Isn't PHP bad? Yeah, we get that question all the time. Um, probably one of the main questions we get from potential clients because you go online and it's like, oh, PHP is dead and PHP is terrible. And where that comes from is it comes from like 10, 15 years ago, PHP was so popular. Again, PHP is the, the thing that's behind WordPress. So that's most people's experience with it. Got it. And it is a clunky language. There's some parts about it that aren't great. Um, but it has come ridiculously far in the last 15 years. It is, as we would say, where I'm from in Boston, it is a wicked fast uh, language at this okay. point. It's just as fast as anything else. Um, it's the easiest to deploy. So it's the easiest to set up on servers. Um, and we really don't like PHP. We like Laravel. We like the Laravel framework. We think it's the best way to get websites done or web apps done fast or create the API for mobile apps. And uh, so we're not doing this because of love for PHP. We do it yeah. because Laravel is so good that it overshadows all the, the downsides of PHP. So from what I understand from the project managers, that's one of the keys that why that's how we can deploy MVPs so fast. Yeah. I mean, we, I guess the next question would be like, how long does it take? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's our, so, our third question. Yeah. So how long does this yeah, take? Yeah. So, yeah. So like we try to launch an MVP in a maximum of four months. Okay. okay. We want you to, we want you to have users using an app in less than four months, preferably less than three. Um, and what we do to accomplish that is we either scale it back mm -hmm. so that we can get it done in that time because it's more important that people use it that, that every feature exists. Okay. You want to get feedback or we scale up the amount of development developers that we have working on that particular project. Got um, but four months, if it takes more than that, then everybody gets bored with it and, uh, you're spending a ton of money and you're not yeah. seeing any return. And so, yeah, three to four months is, is as long as it takes to get something launched. Got it. And I'll, I'll reiterate, um, with the, the, the kind of the concept of MVP. We already talked about it in the blueprint meeting, but getting that software live allows you as the client to get users on it. Like we just said, and that's where that questions start coming in. Like what, features do people need next? What bugs are they finding? What kind of fixes are there? And so you're not building this huge, fully blown software without user feedback. And so that feedback loop is extremely important. Um, okay. Yeah, you, you need validate, 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 exactly. validate before so, you build with the prototype and validate as soon as possible with actual users after you build it. And that's Don't how build. we can safely claim yeah. your investment is secure because you're not going to be spending a bunch of money building stuff that nobody's going to use. Because that's the right. worst. Okay. That's so the, the next question. Um, is the software you make extensible? So can you add on other things to it? 
Yes. Yeah. I got this question from a client this week. They were like, um, can I add, uh, they were just concerned that they were going to be locked in and not be able to add things. And the truth is the way that we make software, it is so extensible that you can basically do anything to it. Like we had a client that made an app for the, for digesting video interviews. Yeah. And then they wanted to add a website creator to that. Those are two completely different things. We made it happen. All right. So like you, anything that you can think of um, within reason, if it can be accomplished at all, it can be added to your project. It's a hundred percent completely extensible. You're not going to be locked in. Um, yeah. We, we were, we make that a priority from day one. Perfect. Um, question five, what do you do to keep software secure? Okay. So we have lots of ways that we, lots of things that we do to keep software secure. One of the main things that we do is by using these frameworks, um, the frameworks do most of the security heavy lifting. Okay. Um, we, we, we have to be extremely careful with, uh, with, uh, forms and how we handle forms, validating everything. So, uh, people can't pass in, you know, information into the database. Um, the way that we set up our servers, we work on making those secure. Uh, again, passwords, making sure the passwords aren't spread around to everybody, making sure that the code base itself uh, is access controlled. Uh, we do all kinds of stuff like this to, to work on security, um, not ever sharing information with people, it's all kinds of stuff. So yeah, we, we make security a priority. We talk about it regularly. Perfect. Uh, question number six, does the client own the software? Okay. So yes, the client owns the software. Um, we, we start with a contract that clearly delineates this, that the client, uh, owns any software that we make for that purpose. Um, we try to get our clients to set up their own GitHub account and then okay. to just add our developers to the GitHub account. The reason we do that we would never do this to a client. Okay. Our whole mm -hmm. business is built around keeping our clients happy and yes. providing the best service possible for them. Um, but when I was first getting started and started uh, consulting with other entrepreneurs, I heard more than one of them tell me a story of how they'd used an agency or a firm and they'd spent like a hundred thousand dollars on an app with this agency. And the agency, it, it got to the point where it was about done. They decided they wanted to go somewhere else. And that agency said, no, we have the code and we will delete it or we won't give it to you unless you give us an additional $50,000 or something like that that wasn't in Yikes. the contract. So basically, they held the code ransom. And that should never have been a possibility in the first place. Yeah. So we like to sit down at the beginning of the project and have our clients set it up so that they can kick us off at any point. Mm. That they are the ones that are in control of their servers. That they are the ones that are in control of their code base. And at any point, if the relationship sours, they are in complete control of the project and not us. Now, we've never had that happen. Yeah. Um, we would, if, we, if it ever gets to that point, we... 
energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. It failed a million ways, right? But we just want you to know that you own, as a client, you own the code base and you're in control of it. And it takes a little bit extra work, but we think it's worth it. That's perfect. And then kind of on the same line, next episode in the series, we'll talk about what the relationship looks like after software is launched and built. So adding V2s, V3s, even just bug fixes. So our cycle of how we do that. Um, because it's a, it's a, a living organism once it's out there and it needs to be updated. Exactly. So, okay. Uh, next question. What about hosting? Where are these apps hosted? I got this question yesterday, actually. Did you? I did. I get this question a lot. Okay. Yeah. So we use, um, we use several different cloud hosting providers. Mm-hmm. So in the old days, when I first got into web development, People actually went on like Dell and bought a web server and had like a server warehouse or a oh, server yeah. farm where they were running their running their web hosting. And then a lot of people think of hosting and they think of like sites like One and One or GoDaddy, where you host a website. Okay, you can't host web apps on these things. It's okay. if you could, it's a really, really, really bad idea. You're basically sharing resources like a million people. And there's all kinds of security holes. They don't want you doing it. It's yeah. not a good idea. So we, the, the entire web industry has sort of consolidated around using these web hosting providers that ga- basically give you access to a cloud server. So there's Amazon has AWS. Uh, there's Google Cloud. Uh, there's Michael, Microsoft Azure. There's one called DigitalOcean. There's one called Vulture. There's one called Linode. Um, There's probably several others as well. Um, And we use a variety of those uh, services. Um, Right now, we mostly use DigitalOcean and Vulture. But we, Laravel, our framework, provides a first-party tool that enables us to spin up servers and have servers work together very, very quickly. Um, And so... You know, unless your serve, unless your app is like crazy, crazy, crazy popular, mm-hmm. you know, it's not that expensive. It's like ten, fifteen dollars, thirty dollars a month. Oh, okay. Uh, your server fees. So, um, yeah, that's that's how it works. Well, that kind of leads into the next question, which is, what about scaling? What if you do get crazy, crazy popular? How do you keep an app from uh, crashing? Uh, there's two there's two solutions to that problem, and again, it's a good problem to have, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. So there's two solutions to the problem, and both of them are varying in their expense. Okay. So one of the ways is to use a, a something called serverless architecture, um, and again, our, the Laravel framework provides a, another thing that kind of makes this seamless. And essentially, what it does is it scales elastically with your demand on AWS and just gives you a bill for what you use. Got it. So 
so that's that's one way to go about it. That's certainly probably there's a little bit of extra setup work there, mm-hmm. but in the end, what you end up getting is just like you never ever have to worry about that again. Like if you think, oh, what happens if a billion people come on my website tomorrow? Yeah. AWS can handle it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like literally the same server farm that Amazon uses. Fair enough. Th- don't worry about it, right? Uh, the other way, the more traditional way, um, is to set up uh, sort of like a cluster of servers. So you have one server that uh, basically all of the contacts go to, and then that server distributes the load to as many servers as you want. So when you start getting running out of space, you can just add servers to that cluster. And we've done both of those things. Okay. So, um, so less about the coding itself. How do we manage our projects? What about project management? Yeah. So we're big believers in, um, there's this whole idea of agile project management. Yeah. And we're big believers in, in, um, teams. And so what we do is we have a product manager that works with you throughout the whole process. Um, and three, we got three of them currently, they're all amazing people and they they will just be in constant communication with you. Um, and so you have them that you're working with, and then we have a team, a dev team, and we have three dev teams and, uh, each of these dev teams have, three to six developers with a various skill set. So every skill that they would need to build the software exists on this dev team. Got it. And uh, so uh, the idea is multidisciplinary cross-functional teams. It's like the military idea of like, instead of having this huge infantry regiment, you have uh, a six person or a five person Navy SEAL team. Right. And it's way easier to build awesome teams than it is to build superhero developers. Mm. And so we're just constantly working on these teams and we use uh, a basically like a mix between Scrum and Kanban um, internally to do our project management with them. So nice. And so this is kind of where I plug back in to the process of each app. So the project manager is going to meet with each client weekly and then quarterly, we have a kind of step above the code and look at how everything is going where I'm involved and help the client make those decisions of, you know, perhaps it's, hey, how we're going to execute this determines future stuff. How are you going to survey your users to ask if what we're building is working and all of those? So uh, over communicating is definitely something that we are fans of. I love it. Yep. Okay. Last question. Um, how many developers do you have working on my project? Okay. So we have about, uh, 16 total developers right now. Okay. Again, we split in the teams. So divide that in three, like five people on each team. Um, and so you will, you will likely have five or so developers that are working on working together on your project. Now it doesn't mean yours is the only project that that team is working on, Mm -hmm. depending on what you need. Um, and it doesn't mean you're limited to one team. We have some projects that are huge and two teams will work on it together. Right. So, um, so it can be anywhere from one developer. If it's a tiny, tiny project that we think one guy can get done to, you know, 15 or 16 guys, or yeah. it's not just guys, guys and ladies, right, right. sorry <laughs> for my, my gendered language, uh, can, can work on together. So, Yeah. 
Understood. So to summarize, that's, that's the, the main questions that came up. But to summarize, what I want somebody who's not technical to be hearing from this conversation is that the process that we have in place is fast. It's mm-hmm. transparent. So there's a lot of communication mm-hmm. and you own that code. So if at any point you're like, Hey, I can't do it. And remember we bill in two week cycles, right? So yeah. that gives you off ramps. If something happens, Every two something weeks. changes, like your, your investment is safe with us. And that's what, that's what I tell people all the time. So this is good because this gets a kind of behind the scenes of what happens once you say go on building an app. So any parting words, Ryan? Yeah, I I just hope I hope that this conversation at the end of the day, if you are a non-technical founder, mm-hmm. if you are somebody that wants to build something and you are not yourself a developer, it's just all about trust. That's yeah. what it is all about. And I I'd love to talk to you and uh we you know if we're, if it's a good fit, we'd love for you to do the project with you. And we were going to do everything in our power to put you at ease. Uh, give you complete access and, and, and transparency into what we're doing. Yeah. And we just want you to trust us. Uh, and hopefully we want to be trustworthy, you know? Yeah. And uh, so hopefully this conversation engenders trust with people if they're on the fence about this and, and they're thinking about it. Um, we'd, we'd love to help you with the, help you with the project. Yep. Couldn't agree more. I look forward to talking to folks. You can uh, get in touch with me through the website, buildonline.io, or email me, Ryan Hansen at buildonline.io, uh, and we'll set something up. We'll set up a Zoom right. or a phone call, and that's the first step. So, uh, Ryan, thank you, sir. I hope you have a wonderful New Year's. This will post right after, so for everybody listening, happy 2022. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, man. Bye. See you later. struggling to figure out how to get your software or app off the ground? Good developers and designers are hard to find, and even if you do bring them on, you're dealing with possible HR headaches and turnover. Uh, I'm expensive, and I'm going to leave you in three months because you're not part of my long-term journey. Managing traditional development and design is like managing an infantry battalion. It's slow, cumbersome, and expensive. With Build Online, you get the strike team you deserve. Fully staffed and experienced team for both your software and apps. Proven process that starts with a big picture in mind while splitting it up into sprints, which allows pivots and course corrections along the way. Complete transparency and continuous communication about what's being worked on so you know your investment is safe. The right developers for each part of the job. UX, UI, QA, development, and a project manager to lead the charge. Get your software or app off the ground. Set up a free discovery and build something that's going to last. Build for today. Build for tomorrow. Build online.